0: Welcome to WFUV's What's What. It's Monday, November 7th. What's What is a daily podcast that explores current events, culture, news and hot topic issues in New York, New Jersey and Connecticut. And includes features and interviews exclusively from WFUV. I'm Megan Oftermat, And I'm Christina Lulich. Here's your headlines for today. Early voting for the midterm election ended yesterday in New York City. Today is the last day to apply for an absentee ballot in person. The ballots must be postmarked on Election Day. Voters will take to the polls tomorrow to vote for New York governor. The race between incumbent Kathy Hochul and Republican challenger Lee Zeldin continues to tighten. New Yorkers will also be voting for state senator, comptroller, and attorney general. Additionally, New York City residents will be voting on four ballot proposals. Those include measures for environmental protection, racial equity, an initiative to assess the true cost of living, and incorporating a statement of values to help guide the government. Polls are open tomorrow from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. To find your polling place, visit nycvotes.org. Yesterday was the 51st Annual TCS New York City Marathon. The race hosted 50,000 runners from all over the world, making it the first at-capacity race since 2019. The athletes faced uncommonly harsh conditions given the fact that it was the warmest marathon since the 90s. Course records were crushed in both the men's and women's wheelchair divisions, with Marcel Hoog of Switzerland and Susanna Scaroni of the United States coming in first in their respective races. Evans Chibet from Kenya won the men's division with a time of two hours, eight minutes, and 41 seconds. And Sharon Lokatie from Kenya won the women's division with a time of two hours, 23 minutes, and 23 seconds. It was her first marathon. It was announced this morning that Jimmy Kimmel will host the 95th Annual Academy Awards. This will be Kimmel's third time hosting the Oscars. With viewership down the past few years, the Academy is hoping that a familiar face will boost ratings. The Oscars will take place on Sunday, March 12th on ABC. If you're willing to wake up early, a blood moon will be hanging in the November sky tomorrow morning. The lunar eclipse will start Tuesday at 5.15 a.m., reaching totality around 6 o'clock in the morning. The rare alignment of the sun, moon, and earth should last about three and a half hours. The 37th annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony took place this weekend at the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. The Rock Hall celebrated a diverse class of artists. Notable inductees include Dolly Parton, Eminem, and Lionel Richie. This is the first year six female artists have been honored in one class. Audience members were also able to capture performances by Olivia Rodrigo, Bruce Springsteen, Sarah Bareilles, and Judas Priest. And, much to my dismay, the Astros won the World Series over the weekend. WFUV's Andrew Craneri has more on sports.
1: Yeah, a ton happened this past weekend. The Jets clocked in a huge upset against the Bills yesterday. The Nets are on a two-game win streak, and the Knicks are finally finding the groove. But by far the biggest storyline coming out of this weekend was the World Series, which wrapped up in Houston on Saturday. The Houston Astros are your new World Series champions, beating the Phillies in Game 6 with a final score of 4-1. to one. The Astros were able to hang on to their lead, earning them their first World Series title since 2017. With this new World Series, it seems like the Houston Astros are establishing a new dynasty in baseball, having reached the World Series in four out of their last six seasons. To top it off, Houston shortstop Jeremy Pena became the second player in history to win both a World Series MVP and ALCS MVP award during their rookie season. After such a decorated win, the Astros look to take some well-deserved off time during this postseason, but fans are already excited to see how next year will stack up for the defending champs. For WFEV Sports, I'm Andrew Cranary.
0: Thanks, Andrew. There's more than just candidates on the ballot in New York City. Residents of the five boroughs will also vote yes or no on four ballot measures. Ahead of tomorrow's election, WFUV's David Escobar sat down with Jennifer Jones Austin, the CEO of the Federation of Protestant Welfare Agency, to find out how exactly these measures will affect New Yorkers.
2: So New York's got three ballot proposals aimed at racial justice. I think the most confusing one for voters can be this preamble, the statement of values for the New York City government. Can you walk me through exactly what that
3: means? So the first ballot measure is intended to cast a vision. It would cast a vision that says that we're a multiracial democracy where everyone has value and everyone has worth. It doesn't matter your race, your religion, uh, doesn't matter your, your income status. You should have an opportunity to a quality education, quality health care. You should have an opportunity to live in safe and affordable housing. You should have an opportunity to earn fair and livable wages. It's essentially a preamble. It's a statement of values to guide government in decision making.
2: How does that get implemented in a city like New York?
3: What it does do is it causes the government to say, you know, maybe we shouldn't be looking at who can afford what but rather looking at how we go about making those changes so everybody has a voice and everybody's heard.
2: Another thing I wanna touch on was um, the true cost of living measure. And I think that's something that can have a very tangible effect on New Yorkers that I'm kind of curious of like, what's your understanding of that measure and how it can really affect New Yorkers?
3: The true cost of living measurement would say that New York City has to calculate on an ongoing basis every year what it actually costs to live here. This is important because we know that nearly half of New Yorkers struggle to make ends meet. But when we are making decisions around uh, safe and affordable housing and we're using an average median income that may be slanted upward, when we use a federal poverty measure, that really suppresses, discounts what it costs to live here. Federal poverty measure says that anywhere in America, one adult and two children needs just $22,000 to not be poor. That measure is used to essentially set wages. That measure is used to determine who may be eligible for a child care subsidy, a housing subsidy. So if you need income supports like a child care subsidy and it's based off of $22,000, the federal poverty level, you're not going to be eligible. And that would concern not just people of color, that concerns all people who are struggling to make ends meet.
2: So we've touched on the preamble. We've touched on true cost of living. What else is on the docket?
3: So the third ballot measure would establish an office of racial equity and perpetuity, appreciating that here in America, we've endured 400 years of racial injustice. We all were birthed into a society that where racism had already been embedded in the structures. And so we live it out including Black Americans sometimes like living into it and living it out unintentionally. So the Office of Racial Equity would require every city agency, every mayoral office to like take a look at what they've been doing, their policies, their programs, their practices, and see where they may intentionally or unintentionally have, you know, have policies, have system structures that actually promote Inequity and injustice, and work to do something about it. This would probably cost about $10 million a year on a $101 billion budget. And if we do this work on the front end, it'll actually pay for itself on the back end. When we have, you know, hundreds of thousands of children who go through the New York City school system and they are graduating, largely children of color, not being reading and math proficient because they haven't had quality educations, we're paying for it on the back end. And until we try to get to the roots of the problems and address the power structures that deny certain people access to real meaningful opportunity, we're not going to overcome these biased structures, these biased systems. So we've got to attack it at the root and we've got an opportunity now.
0: That was WFUV's David Escobar talking with Jennifer Jones Austin about the racial equity proposal on New York City's ballot. And that's our show for today. I'm Christina Lulich. And I'm Megan Aftermat. Check back with us tomorrow at 3 o'clock for more news, music, culture, and sports. And tell your friends so they can find WFUV's What's What at WFUVnews.org and wherever you get your podcasts.